Welcome to the Unstoppable Podcast, the official podcast of Unstoppable Domains. Join us each week to hear from leading experts in the exciting new fields of blockchain, cryptocurrency, and the decentralized web, where we talk about the future of the internet and what that means for humans like us. Not only will this podcast help you sound super smart around your friends, but you'll also learn how you can become a pioneer in this space and help lead the charge toward a more decentralized web. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Unstoppable Podcast. I'm your host, Diana Chen, and I'm here today with our guest, Tavonia Evans. She is the founder of Guapcoin, a cryptocurrency that was created initially to amplify the economic voice of the Black community. And I'm super excited to have her here today. She She's a boss and um, she's not only a founder of Guapcoin and has made a huge impact in the crypto community, but she's also a mom to eight kids and has done so much. So I'm really excited to talk to her about all about Guapcoin and then also about how she juggles life doing all of these things. So welcome to I'm so happy to have you here. Hi, thank you. Yeah, thanks for being here. Take me back to through your crypto journey. What got you interested in crypto in the first place? And then how did you start learning about it back all the way back whenever that was? To be honest, like way back in the beginning, um, one of my other geek friends, he's my partner in crime, he hit me up and he was like, hey, you really need to look at this. You really need to. And he was talking about Bitcoin. He was like, you really, this was probably like back in 2010, maybe or whatever. He was like, this is so you, this is so up your alley. I guess people see things before you see things, right? And I was like, uh, I don't know. I was doing so much at the time. I had my own development company and, you know, I was doing very well. And I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to do another thing. But then flash forward to about 2015, 2016, I was uh, working on my startup Safe to Meet. And I was at the point of my startup where I was out trying to get money. And that's something that I never really did before. I, you know, it was like, I always felt like I had the money to invest in whatever I was doing, but we hit a ceiling. It was like, now it's time to start going to people trying to get some money for this project. And that's when I found we don't get money, black women, like out of everybody, we get less money than everybody else. And I was like, you gotta be kidding. That's when um, crypto again caught my eye. And I was like, okay, so here they are. They're putting out these tech projects and they're using crypto. They're leveraging crypto to raise money for the tech projects. And I was like, that's ingenious. Let me look a little bit deeper into this. So I looked deeper into it and I was like, wait, hold up a minute. This is a currency. These are currencies. I was like, we need that. We need that in my community, you know? Because in, in our community, we've been um, really pushing to support Black-owned businesses, et cetera, because Black-owned businesses have less access to funding. Even when they manage to open, they may not manage to stay open. It's hard for them to compete with other uh, businesses and especially bigger, larger corporations. Like if it was Walmart's nearby and you're selling you know, XYZ, the buy black or save black businesses to me was missing. Uh, there was a missing link and that would be the money and the currency. So I was like, oh yeah, we need a cryptocurrency for this. Um, and that's kind of how Guapcoin was created out of that idea to me that crypto is the missing link to this movement. Back in 2010, when you first heard about this, that was like early, early days. And we, we hardly had any resources out there to learn about Bitcoin, you know, or crypto in general. So how did you go about learning more, you know, just like figuring out what crypto is? What were some of your best resources that you turned to? Well, for one, as a technologist and as deep in technology as I am, it, it never takes us more than 24 hours to figure something out as a developer. Like literally, we have a 24-hour cap. If you can't figure it out in 24 hours, then you might as well just you know give it a wrap. But the best sources I found, of course, is my little underground friends. You know, they they knew everything there was to know about how this works, how to create this, what it was about. You know, I just hit up some people that I knew and they connected me to other people and they literally worked with me on building this. You know what I mean? They was like, and they weren't going to build it for me. They were like, nope, you you know, <laughs> like this is what you do. 
go ahead, get a stab at it. And I like, and you know, we'll help you along. And I thought it was the coolest thing because, you know, I got to kind of, you know, bump my head a lot of times and still have help to, to get me out of certain situations. So that's how I learn. I mean, that's how we all learn in attack. We get in these little, you know, rooms, these little channels, chat channels or whatever. Back in the day it was IRC channels. Now it's Discord, whatever. We get in these channels and we, we get dirty. We get, that's how we do it. That's awesome. Yeah, that's that's how I tell even non-technical people today to learn more about crypto and blockchain. Just try it out, you know, like go and get yourself a wallet, go buy some crypto, play around with the apps, go buy yourself a crypto kitty, you know, do whatever it is that you need to do to, to learn more about it. Yeah, like I say in tech, break something. It's okay. <laughs> For sure. Yeah. You know, when you learn how to fix it, then you got it. <laughs> exactly. So for people listening who are new to the space and maybe aren't totally confident that they even know what crypto is still, how would you explain crypto to a total beginner in a way that gets them excited about it? Well, I always start with the base. And this is certain cryptos. Crypto is money. Now it is money. You know, it is fast approaching um, being the type of money that we know of. Uh, since the the dawn of the debit card, we've been using digital currencies, basically. We have not been using cash as much. And as of the COVID and last year, we stopped using cash even more. So we're quite familiar with using um, virtual money, <laughs> you know, that we think is real. <laughs> we're very, very, very used to that. And um, it's funny because someone said recently, uh, well, not recently, about a year ago, someone I know was very, very smart, told me, wow, I thought cryptocurrency was like monopoly money, like it wasn't real. I was like, oh, wow. You know, so there's the big difference. You know, actually, it is real. It builds value. And we've been having situations like this all throughout the gaming years. I remember when my brother started playing Second Life and he was using the Linden dollar and the Linden dollar started trading on, on markets as uh, basically real money. <laughs> you know, it had a value, people's properties. And so they've been doing this real value, real property in, in the digital world thing for quite some time. It's not a new concept. So I like to tell them at first it's money because that breaks down a lot of barriers to, um, you know, you likely are not talking to a technology person. And a lot of us, we start explaining blockchain, like, you know, like, you know, that's what happened in the beginning of this. Like everybody started giving blockchain lessons and, and stuff like that. And like, hey, we're talking about Bitcoin, you know, peer-to-peer -peer money, you know, grandma, grandpa, everybody's going to have to use this. They don't necessarily have to know what blockchain <laughs> is to that degree, but if they want to know, they can go on and learn, you know, more about the technology. But I think that that's not something you meet the average person with when you're coming to them with crypto. Yeah, 100 percent. And it's funny because when crypto just came out, you know, like you said, people were comparing that to monopoly money. And then now you've got people saying that fiat money is funny money. So it's sort of just like completely flipped over time. But yeah, and like you said, like you don't have to know the inner workings of how blockchain technology works to do this. I, I forget who, I think it might've been Isaiah Jackson in his book, Bitcoin and Black America, that um, where he wrote that like, it's it's like learning to drive a car like you don't need to like understand how a transmission works and how to build a car in order to drive a car you just need to know how to drive it put gas in it you know like use your windshield wipers like basic things like that it's the same as crypto yeah i think that's why we scared away a lot of people during the first rush <laughs> yeah well and so speaking yeah. of that i mean I, I think you know there's definitely the fear of the unknown but what what are some other roadblocks you see that are preventing people like people i'm talking like the mainstream the masses from uh adopting crypto i i, I don't think that there's enough people teaching it on a practical way number one um, there's not enough marketing. Like marketing is that thing that's missing. Like the general marketing where you take something that may be foreign to people and you break it down to something that even an eight-year-old can understand. That's what is done in marketing, right? 
But marketing has budgets. Somebody has to pay for marketing. So if you're talking about something that's a decentralized crypto that's driven by a community, they, they don't put out a lot of marketing dollars to things. They're just now starting to do that. And they're just now starting to see how important it is. And that's that's how you reach the masses. You got to dumb it down to something that is understandable and consumable and compare it and, and put it out there in real life use cases as well for the real, real people. Well, well for the majority of the people to understand. So I think that in use case, people don't understand use case because again, a lot of the technology has been kind of wound up in it. Like, you know, what 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 problem are you trying to solve? We're trying to solve money problems. That's what we're trying to solve. I tell people all the time, money problems. That's what we're trying to solve. Uh, but what problem are you trying to solve? And it's, it's based and simple as making it easy for people to be able to transact with one another without the interference of some middleman dictating what dictating and manipulating the um the transaction between people and also removing borders and blocks between people you know what i mean making it simple for me to be able to transact with someone in another country and and we have this this unified you know kind of trustless system in order to do so so let's talk more about the money aspect of it so you mentioned earlier you know you saw these problems with trying to raise money for your startup and then with people trying to get loans and not being able to do that and all these barriers that a lot of that is rooted in just, you know, the systemic racism that we have in our country. So that obviously was a big inspiration for why you created Guapcoin. Tell me more about, you know, what went into the decision to create Guapcoin. Like, why not just promote Bitcoin or be a big proponent for other cryptos that already existed? What was it that made you see the need in creating a, a brand new cryptocurrency? Well, the thing is, systemic racism is not something, it's something that follows people, you know what I mean, to, to different institutions and even things that you create. And now we have this thing called AI, which is, again, driven by the same products of systemic racism. So in order for that not to happen, you have to get the participation of the people that you're trying that you're breaking down barriers. They have to be a part of this creation process. They have to be able to co-create. We did not co-create Bitcoin, you know. So you have, um, first of all, you have a huge amount of distrust in our community on things that people are bringing to us. And then when you look and see who's bringing it to us and the faces still look like the faces of the old system, thus is a problem. We have to be able to find something where we can see ourselves in the creation process so that we can build that trust from the ground up. And also to be, the key word is ground up, to build something organically within the community. And that's something that we're doing with Wildcoin. We're literally taking the seed that we planted in the community and growing it organically um, and as organic as possible. And that's the, some of the original principles of, of decentralized cryptocurrency and, and Bitcoin. You know, we're really, really following that path. So I think that we gave um, black and brown people an opportunity to participate from the ground level, to grow this seed, to see themselves in it so that they can gain trust and build value in something. So what was the process actually like to create your own cryptocurrency? Like, I, I, I think that's something that's like so way above everybody's heads. You know, people are still trying to like learn what even is crypto. How do I use it? Should I hold it? Should I sell it? Like, what do I do with it? And here you are creating your own cryptocurrency. So what was that process like? Well, it, to me, it, it had a lot of different elements, mainly psychological elements, it had a lot of psychological elements, elements, because see, a lot of people approach it and they say, you're on crypto like you did. It's not my crypto, it's our crypto. So that's one thing that you, you have to approach it from a different perspective. If you're approaching this from a company perspective or a singular perspective, it's going to be very hard and you're going to find because you can't do this alone. If you're trying to do what I'm doing with Guapcoin, you're not going to be able to do this as this no one person is going to take the, the community to be a part of it, to build that type of trust that's necessary for it to grow as a community. So it's not it's not a, a, a easy thing. Another part of it, I would say very buggy. You know, I've had a couple of iterations of this started out, you know, with this started out on Ethereum, moved to my own blockchain, was the, which was the first blockchain that I created. And yes, we did have a major snag, a major bug, which happens to blockchains during that time. And then we 
roll it out again. And at that point, it's good that it's really not as big. So then you can uh, make adjustments and the community can be accepting of it. But now we're to a point where we actually have a foundation. The foundation is taking over. The people are taking over. The community is taking over. They're voting. They're talking about things that they would like to do. So this whole idea of decentralization is now growing and, and taking root as it's supposed to be. And as it's supposed to be, I'm supposed to just be able to let go because I'm now just a, a part of the community and a community servant. So it's doing what it, it it's supposed to be doing. It's a process. You know, I know when I originally did it, I was like, oh, this is it's not going to take long to, do, you know, do this. And then it was like one year and two year and three year. <laughs> um, and, we, and another thing is we didn't have any capital. So a lot of these projects, they come in with like instant capital. So that's instant liquidity, right? So they pretty much dictate the price, the value, where their coin is going, where it's going to be accepted. They can have all of these things going for them. We had to walk the whole entire road of getting to the point where we can get into ecosystems and we can be accepted and we can be legitimized. And ironically, that mirrors the path of Bitcoin. Bitcoin took a road to legitimation. You know, it wasn't legitimized at first. It had to walk a road and it had to, and it took quite a few twists and turns in and out of the the regular, the tech community into the criminal community, into the tech community, now into the institutions and the banks and, you know, and the funds and stuff like that. So it had a long winding road to take as well. Other altcoins didn't necessarily have to take that route because altcoins came in with capital. A lot of altcoin projects came in with capital. So as an altcoin, we came in with no capital and we took that long winding road. We're taking that long winding road just like Bitcoin. So like a common theme that you touched on there is just the concept of community. You know, like you said, this isn't Guapcoin isn't something that you made. This is our coin as a community. And so talk a little bit more about the concept of like a culture based or a community based cryptocurrency, because I know that's something that that's a term that you associate with Guapcoin pretty heavily on is how is that different from, you know, say like Bitcoin or Ethereum, because there's communities that surround Bitcoin and Ethereum. You have people out there that are especially bullish on Bitcoin or Ethereum or a Litecoin or a different crypto token. So tell us a little bit more about what like a community based or culture based cryptocurrency is. I think that coming from, you know, the black and brown communities, we tend to be very culture based. Everything is based around our culture. Um, and indigenous communities, stuff like that. It's based around your culture. Culture is your base. You know, it's hard to deviate from that when when you're building it. Now, culture can be inclusive because you can look at something like hip hop, which I love, which is a culture based music form. Um, and you can see all different types of people involved in it, all different cultures and races and stuff. Love it all over the world, you know, and they had no problem adopting it and loving it. So beginning as a quote unquote culture based thing to me is not a barrier. It is something that is very inclusive because we have case studies to show again how it becomes inclusive, but also how it lifts those people up that feel left out and feel like their voices are not being heard. So here in Guapcoin, uh, financially, we're, we're creating a financial voice that's going to be powerful and be heard. Are, are there other coins out there that are, are similar to Guapcoin, whether it's in the black community or in the indigenous community or different communities? And do you see more and more of these uh, culture-based coins coming up in the future? Well, I've come across some, some projects that are based around um, affinities, you know, stuff like that, you know, groups. And I think that that is going to be something of the future. I do believe that culture-based cryptocurrencies and currencies are going to be a thing of the future um, because it, it needs to be because many cultures feel ma marginalized and many different groups feel marginalized and left out. So they're going to use this to represent their financial voice. You know, whether it's women, whether it's LGBT, whether, you know, wh whoever, they're, they're going to use their money to represent their strength and their, their voice. They're, and this is going to give them the tool to be able to do so. I guess I see all of this tying in together a lot with like social tokens, which I think about a lot and DAOs. And I was wondering if you have any plans in the future or you could see Guapcoin maybe turning into a DAO. We've seen it with some other coins. Is that something that you have in the plans for the future? 
Well, we actually are working on another project um, side by side, um, a DeFi project, which is going to give birth to another governance token as well. So I do see us expanding and, and we're looking to build bridges and expand into other ecosystems. So I do see us eventually going that route. We're just taking the community through the baby steps of getting there because there are a lot of DAOs out there now and people still don't understand what they, you know what I mean? So they have to take the step of, and they, and, and then also it's an empowerment thing. So we have to get our power back and feel empowered before we're willing to let it go. You know what I mean? And and just be like, okay, now we, we can trust that there's going to be some governance that's going to be fair you know what I mean? So that's that we have to take them through the process of getting there. Yeah, for sure. So I want to talk a little bit about who is using Guapcoin right now. Obviously, this is for the black community. I guess, is it just for the black community alone or is it for allies? Is it for anybody that wants in on it? Yeah, okay. I mean, I mean, it, it, like I said about hip hop. You know what I mean? It's a way where we can express ourselves. And this is how we can express ourselves financially and express our voices financially. And hopefully allies will get on board. And, I, and you know, I know they will because they already are. We do have allies involved. And we get excited. We don't, you know, we don't turn anybody away. It's like, it's really exciting. Welcome to the community, <laughs> you know? So, you know, definitely this is going to be something that's, a, that's global. It's actually already global. As you know, you can't stop a decentralized cryptocurrency from it's like infecting everywhere. It's like popping up everywhere. And that's the cool thing about it. Like you get so excited when you see if you see it pop up in the Neskimo community, you're going to get excited. You're like, wow, this is great. You know, so, you know, we can't wait to see, you know, where it goes. We just know that it feels good to be a part of the creative process. It feels good to be a part of the ground floor of such a major endeavor that's impacting the world of finance and impacting the globe itself. Yeah. And one thing that you've been able to do really well that other cryptocurrencies haven't really had to do as much is because you're community focused, other cryptos, you know, they attract all the tech people, all the nerds, people that are already into this. But you sort of had to appeal to a more mainstream community so how were you able to, I guess, market Guapcoin and ex- explain to this community, you know, like why it is that they need Guapcoin? Well, I think once they heard about it, they already knew why we needed it. They just didn't understand how it was going to be implemented or, or or the pathway of doing so. They knew automatically anybody we talked to, they they know what it's about. And they're like, oh, yeah, absolutely. But it took an incredible amount of investing ourselves and our own energy, you know, because I personally made contact with as many people as I can and I still do. If I have to help you and walk you through myself and I, I do it, you know, and that's the principle that I've passed on to other people who have gotten involved. Because we like you got to understand, we have grandmas in this, you know, and grandpas and and stuff like that, and we have to make this accessible to them in some kind of way. We have to solve all those accessibility issues. And one of the things that they love about it is the humanity, the human part of it. You know, bringing humanity into it. I mean, we know nowadays there's no customer service, anything. <laughs> you know, and because this is supposed to be, you know, you're the bank. You give up all of the privileges of all of those other things, but I don't think that that's going to work for a lot of people. I think what's going to work for a lot of people is that you hold their hand to some degree and then let them go and give them freedom, but you're going to have to walk them through some places. And and that's something that we all in this community have committed to. Yeah, that's awesome. And do you also work directly with businesses in the community to convince them to offer Guapcoin as a form of payment? Yes, I do. And many others. We actually have, you know, whole teams of people who do that. And there are people every day that are like, well, want to accept Guapcoin. And they're adding uh, Guapcoin or coin payments, which 
uh, we're listed with um, to accept on their stores, um, their brick and mortar stores. One of our first brick and mortar stores is a restaurant on Martha's Vineyard that began accepting uh, Guapcoin and, and then other people, other places. And now we're um, about to deploy ATMs. But it's not just a we thing. It's like community members are going to get ATMs and deploy ATMs certain places. So it can make it even easier for people to get into the Guap ecosystem. Whatever we got to do to make this easy, well, that's what we're doing. That's what we're trying to do. We got to make this very, very simple. A lot of people are not fond of exchanges. They're not fond of those places. And I get emails every day like, could you please help me? Because I really want to get in this, but I, I, I can't use these exchanges. I don't like these exchanges. I don't understand this, stuff like that. And thus, there you go. I think I saw you tweet recently that you purchased something off Amazon with Guapcoin. What are some other places where you can use Guapcoin as a form of payment? Yes, we did. Um, there's a platform that um, accepts coin payments that uh, will allow you to make purchases on Amazon and Walmart, etc. And we're currently working on our own uh, solution similar that will make the, the process of shopping online much more seamless in the, in, um, the community. So currently... Um, you know, it it's getting we're getting closer to being just a mainstream and being able to use our, our coins wherever we want to. Um, we're not 100 percent there, but we're getting there once we are able to open up and, and maybe get into some more um, established uh, ecosystems like we just recently are working on our, our um, application to Coinbase, places like that where people are 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 there and they use it to make it easier for them to get into it. So that's what we work on every day right now. That's awesome. Tell me about some of the regulatory hurdles that you have to jump through, you know, first from creating Guapcoin to having the ATMs out there to getting, you know, places like Amazon and Walmart to accept Guapcoin as a form of payment, all of these things, like how much of a headache has the regulatory side been? Believe it or not, the regulatory side has not been a headache at all. The financial side is a headache. <laughs> you know, this is an industry that's built on money, you know, and nothing is free. So whether it's listing on a major exchange or whatever the case may be, like I said, a lot of these projects came in with millions of dollars of liquidity and we didn't. So getting in these ecosystems has been our major hurdle. So hint, hint, if you hear us, our application to Coinbase is out there. <laughs> so um, getting into these ecosystems has been our hurdle because, you know, traditionally it takes a lot of money. We're always getting invited by different, you know, in the beginning, people would be like, well, why are you not on exchange and this, this exchange? It's like we're always getting invited on exchanges, but then we get hit with the bill. <laughs> what the bill is going to be like, and, and, and that just kills it right there, you know? So don't think that you people just automatically enter onto an exchange. It doesn't, it doesn't work like that most of the time. It's, it's you know, this is a, an economy. This is a, a money-based economy, you know, whatever kind of money. Yeah, that is, that's good behind the scenes information because I don't think people really think about that. You know, like you said, I think people just think, oh yeah, like why isn't this coin on the on Coinbase? Why isn't this coin on there? And it's a lot more complicated than just getting on to these exchanges. One thing you mentioned earlier is creating your own blockchain, the Guap chain. And so when you first created Guapcoin. It was on the Ethereum blockchain. And then I think it was back in early 2019 that you decided to build your own chain called the Guap chain. So why did you decide to build Guap chain instead of just stay on Ethereum? Well, I wanted us to be able to have more, like I said, of a creative input and process to it. And I also wanted to build governance into it. And at the time, governance really was having your own blockchain. So we have masternodes, we have governors, we have people that feel important. You know, they play important roles. And we wanted to at least even have earlier adopters be able to have governance roles and stuff like that so that they could feel important and really feel like they're a part of this. You know, so so we made that decision to do that, to have our own and then also to build more trust in the community, because, you know, that's that's something that, again, a part of the creative process. Here we are ground level. We have a blockchain and people are impressed by that. And they are like, OK, now I feel a little bit more comfortable 
with that. Additionally, I kind of foresaw riding on another blockchain like Ethereum, although you do have the opportunity to take advantage of now this incredible DeFi system, which we're doing now as well. Um, but you know, now they're dealing with things like fees and et cetera and stuff like that. So if you're operating on it, then you're subject to having to pay certain fees and stuff like that to that. So that may be a barrier to actually trying to do day-to-day transactions as a, a commerce, you know, as a commercial, you know, going to stores and making purchases and stuff like that. So, you know, it was a good thing that we did that. And, you know, we're more able to do what, we, what we're intending on doing. Yeah. And then you also mentioned that, um, obviously, you know, with launching something as big as your own blockchain, you're going to run into some bugs and some hurdles and you guys experienced some of that. Can you talk a little bit more about what the bugs were that you ran into and then maybe give people advice for if they want to create their own blockchain, like what, what to do differently or how to avoid making the same mistakes that you made? Well, nowadays it's easier because now they have so many platforms that are like the, trying to create the internet of blockchains. So they're encouraging you to have a part of their platform. So it's way more easier. You have way more options and alternatives. You just have to establish what it is that you're trying to accomplish and, and to look into some of the projects out there and see if they could fit that bill. But, you know, back then, we saw my real blockchains, blockchains that get stuck on block numbers, blockchains that are you're mining, you know, because at first we were proof of work. So you may you may have mining and more people have to mine. And as the mining difficulty gets involved, you want to make sure that people are supporting that. So you have that, you know, and our, our first blockchain, we did get stuck. It did. And, and it's funny because when I was consulting with somebody about it, um, they were telling me how their blockchain got stuck <laughs> at a certain block. And I was like, oh, I hope that doesn't happen to us. Then it did happen. But, you know, we were able to move past that pretty quickly and um, pivot and fix problems on the fly. And I was concerned about that because earlier on, because we didn't have a, a big community that really knew a lot about this and um, was you know, really wanting to invest their time and energy, I, I had to pay a development team constantly, you know what I mean, to keep everything going. You know, As I'm walking through, to make sure that this is still working, to monitor our wallets, to give us new wallets, or we had to come up with things um, that normally community members might come up and do. We had to come up with these things and produce and develop these things and put them out for the community, these tools and stuff. And they weren't as pretty as I liked them to be because I come from a development. I also come from a marketing and design background. And everything I used to do back in the days used to be beautiful. I was known for that. But this was like, we had no time for beauty or no time for money. We needed functionality, you know? So I had to get rid of the professional perfectionism in my mind. And I had to focus more on on the technology, the back-end technology and what we were doing. So I had to break through a lot of personal barriers too. I bet. Yeah. So speaking of building things too, another thing that you guys have built or you're building, I'm actually not sure where what stage you're in with this is your social media platform. New. Yes, 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 yes. Tell me more about that. Absolutely. So back in the days, I built a social media platform and um, the, same, uh, the same time Facebook uh, built is back in 2004. And I wound up getting about 30,000 members of, um, and I quit it in about maybe two or three years. Life happened. And then I just kind of walked away. I didn't see the foresight of maybe this could have been the next Facebook because there was no Facebook at the time where, you know, it was running alongside where I was. So um, one of my friends told me last year, it was like, the beginning of last year, they was like, wow, if you just had a stuck with it, do you realize you could have been the next Mark Zuckerberg? <laughs> I was like, you know, we need one. So I decided to launch new. And um, I was also very concerned about all of the manipulation and the, um, the you know, AI al- algorithms that were feeding certain information and, and, and advertising marketers getting your data and stuff like that. I was concerned about all of those things. I also foresaw that I felt like a lot of people were going to leave social media because of that. They were going to leave places like Facebook and they were going to need a place still 
where they can just connect with people and not feel like that they got to give up their soul just to connect with people and, they, and, you know, and not be under surveillance, constant surveillance and stuff like that. So that's why I created new. And I definitely hope to take it to the next level, you know, once I can build the revenue to do so. But, you know, so far I have it going and I have a, a back end system with it and all my APIs and and staying committed to just making it a, a place for people to be able to go and share content and, and talk to other people. I haven't been on the platform. So paint a picture of the platform for us. Is it is it sort of like Facebook or Instagram or Twitter or a combination of all of them? It's more like Facebook. Um, but I wanted to keep that energy so that people were like used to using it. And um, we are going to be adding voice chat like some of the other popular platforms as well. So we're working on that being the next thing. And then, of course, fully integrating uh, Guapcoin into the platform. That's awesome. Do you see yourself moving new to the decentralized web in the future? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. I've already been on it, already been doing my research, um, been looking at a lot of uh, platforms that are taken off in that area. Um, so yes, that's the next thing. Definitely. And then I'm curious to hear your views too on where you see the future of social media, since this is something that you've been working on, you know, since the very early days, 2004. If we're you know, maybe looking 10 years down the line, do you see web two social media platforms like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter still existing alongside decentralized platforms? Or do you see us moving 100% to decentralized social platforms? Ultimately, we're going to move 100% to decentralized. And definitely, that's just, I mean, Facebook is already on it. You know, Facebook, of course, is trying to, you know, will still, you know, trying to launch their their stable coin, et cetera. So they, they're already knee deep into the technology. They're probably way farther ahead of most people. But yes, I, I do think decentralization is the way and they know it. And, and we will we will be going that way. I, I envision, of course, I'm also a big VR fan. So I, I spend a lot of time in VR. But I envision um, a lot more ways to access social, social media, but also, you know, namely more personal, maintaining your data, keeping your data locally and deciding each and every little bit of exchange that you're going to do, whether it's your smartphone, whether it's your headset or whatever, what you're going to give up and, and, and you know, how much you're willing to sell it for. Because I know a lot of people are going to be selling their content on an individual basis as well. Yeah. So people definitely look out for new. Do you have a timeline for when that's going to... New is already live. You can go to new.social. It's already live. Okay, cool. And then tell us what people can expect from new and from Guapcoin in 2021. If you have any big launches or announcements or changes. Um, like I said, the next thing that we're, we're focusing on is voice. And then the next thing is VR. Um, we always had on our roadmap to do an, an immersive um, environment for new. So that's going to be the next thing. Lastly, uh, about Guapcoin for people listening who are part of the Black community, how what can they do to get started being part of this uh, getting a cryptocurrency, getting Guapcoin, being part of the community, and then for allies or you know people outside of the community, what are some things they can do to help out? Well, the first thing you can do is join the community. So you go to guapcoin.org, you click on the Telegram, join the Telegram. That's very, very um, instrumental, especially for newbies, because there's people there who can help you. You want to be, of course, very diligent about who's helping you, but um, there are people that you that are in active discussion, have suggestions for accessing it, up to date news, all of that stuff. Because we are a community first, and then you can start getting your journey of getting Guapcoin. Because you can even get Guapcoin by sometimes joining the, the Telegram, and there there are you know giveaways there. Um, where we're giving out Guapcoin and uh, or someone else is giving out Guapcoin. The community has been so great. Like there's been individuals that have their own audiences that give out Guapcoin. So definitely come into the community first. The next thing, of course, is getting Guapcoin going to, we're on probate exchange. Um, and hopefully we'll be on other exchanges um, by the summer as well. Um, we're also launching GuapSwap, which is going to be a place that will help people get Guapcoins um, 
easy as well from other individuals. So we're just trying to connect other individuals to swap their guap and help other people to be able to get guap coin. So, and we also will be deploying ATMs by the summer. So hopefully in your nearest city, you'll be able to just go to certain ATMs and get guap coin as well. That's awesome. All right. Well, I do have a few personal questions for you just because beyond all of the guap coin, you're a very impressive human being having you know gone through all of this with eight kids and your background in, you know, in computer science and then also in marketing and design. So I guess my first question is just you're, you're an engineer, you're a data scientist, you're a founder, you've been in the tech space for such a long time. I think it's been over 25 years or maybe even more than that. So what has your experience been like being a black woman in the tech space? I'm sure there's been a lot of, you know, roadblocks and ups and downs, but what I guess has kept you in the space, helped you persist through it and helped you to succeed ultimately? Well, what's what's helped me persist is my love for it and my knowledge. It was a place where I felt my knowledge was value of value. You know, I felt like I could really do something of value here. I can build something of value. I can contribute to major projects of value. So that was exciting to me. Well, I guess to my dismay is I didn't realize how invisible I was until I decided to step it up a little bit. <laughs> um, I didn't realize the invis- our invisibility. And I was like, you know, there's a fair amount of invisibility. And especially in many of us in the tech world, um, people call it we work from home. And because we choose that environment where we can be close to our family and then we may not have to deal with the drama of being a person of color in the workplace. So, but also that has kept us kind of in a bubble, like, you know, a satisfied bubble. I'm satisfied with my check. I'm satisfied with my job. I don't want to go anywhere else. But as soon as you start, you, you start to want to wanting more or taking these solutions to do things that can help in your community, that's when it changes for you. And that's when you realize that, okay, there's a bubble. I can exist in this bubble fine. But if I want to move, it's a ceiling. You know, if I want to move beyond this ceiling, then there's going to be problems. That's when I'm going to run into who I I am in this whole entire scheme. Yeah. So having persisted through that and come out on top, what would you say to somebody else in your position? Or what would you say to a, a young Black girl who wants to go into some sort of STEM type field and wants to end up where you are, who's you know, interested in stuff, but maybe hesitant to get into such a male and white dominated space. What would you say to a girl like that? Don't give up because you're certainly going to want to. <laughs> Don't give up. Um, do you, you might find yourself really passionate and fighting for something that you think is going to change the world, but you might start out alone. But if you don't give up, other people will join you on that on that process. So don't give up. Um, stay in tune with the community. There's a lot of techies. There's a lot of us out there, you know, and we're very open and we like to kind of, you know, help each other in that degree. So stay connected, you know, get connected, get involved, get in meetups, um, get on projects. Even if you think you don't know how to or you don't know the tech or whatever, get involved in a project because you will learn, you know, and that will help build a camaraderie for you. It's a very small community. I find I know everybody in the tech world now, you know, so it's a great thing. It's it's almost like the new Hollywood. (laughs) Not many of us, but we all know one another. So get involved. Definitely um, connect with people because it's you might think you're fine. Now, when you first start and you get that first paycheck, you think you're good. But if you know later on down the line, you're going to find that you're going to need more. I haven't been in the crypto space for nearly as long as you and not very long at all. But I have found that the crypto space is very it's small, but the people in it are are welcoming. Like I've already met so many people, made so many friends from being in the community. So the resources are definitely there if you're willing to reach out and ask for help. And then last thing is, so you have eight kids, (laughs) which to me, I mean, I don't have any kids, so I can't say, but to me, it seems like that alone is like two full-time jobs. So how do you balance having eight kids and then doing everything else that you do? Well, I balance it because I work for my kids. 
They want me to do this. <laughs> they want me to carve the way. They know that they deserve the best. You know, so they know that I got to do this to to make that happen. Every day I have a 17-year-old who is a developer himself. He has a gaming company and he always needs some expensive technology, <laughs> you know, and he needs it. He doesn't, he just comes right up to me. It's like, I need a new processor. I need some more memory. I need the, you know, so he knows that there's a process for me to, to make this happen. And, you know, so I work for them. You know, this is why I do what I do for them. Them. And they understand that, you know, and they're very involved. Always keep your kids involved in some form of fashion. Keep having conversations about with them about what you're doing, you know, get their opinions. I get their opinions all the time. If they don't know what I'm talking about, they seem to know what they're talking about. They are they playing it all, <laughs> you know, but they taught me a lot about crypto. They already knew crypto. You know, they've been using they use crypto on Steam, my, my oldest um uh, not my oldest son, my third oldest son. My oldest son was quite familiar with Bitcoin and everything else. So keep, you know, keep your ear to the streets with your kids and you'll be, you'll be good. You know, you got to stay relevant with them. Yeah, I know. That's really great advice for women, you know, who are mothers in the crypto space and trying to compete. It's almost like you, your kids are your secret sauce to competing and getting ahead because they know more than you know. And you're not the first person I talked to who um, has kids and said that their kids know more about crypto than, you know, any of their friends their age. And I, I've asked people like, is, so is it easier to explain to your nine year old what an NFT is than to like any of your friends? And they're like, yeah, 100 percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is their world. It really is. It's their world and we're just living in it. Yeah, we're just living it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So for this last segment, I call this explain your tweet. This is where I go through your Twitter and I pull out some interesting or cryptic or funny tweets and I give you a chance to explain more about it than you got to do in 280 characters on Twitter. Okay. Uh, so the first one is from March 30th. You tweeted, it's not an NFT bubble. You are witnessing the collapse of the dollar bubble. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah, tell people what you mean. So what we're seeing is these extraordinary sales of artwork and, and we're just blown like, oh my God, it was 60 million for this million, for that million. But at the same time, I, I believe we're witnessing the devaluation of the dollar. People don't understand as the value of the dollar goes down, the value of crypto is going up. You're going to need more dollars to make a value in the crypto. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think the more and more we see these extraordinary values in crypto and, and in NFTs, that's a signal that the dollar is fast, fast losing its value. That's really good way of thinking about it. So this next tweet, this is from March 19th. And this is actually something that uh, I meant to ask you about earlier, but you tweeted, I am always amazed to see Guapcoin's most vicious opposition come from black folks in the crypto world as if they are totally ignorant to the humble beginnings of Bitcoin. So this is surprising to me because you basically created this cryptocurrency for the community, for that specific community. And it's people from that community that are giving you the biggest backlash, which I wouldn't have expected. Do you do you know like why that is? Have you talked to some of those people? Well, I I know from experience and being in tech um, and working with others coming into tech that I think we're a little bit way more harder on ourselves and we tend to be perfectionists because we come along and we see something as a perfect, beautiful, funded product, but we're, we're not there and we're not really focused on when it was not a beautiful product. I often like to bring the first apple up and I'll show the picture of the first apple and I'll be like, you probably would have thought this was the ugliest thing and you hated it. You probably wouldn't even gone near it. But that's what a lot of people bring when they first come into tech. And, you know, we're we're just a very proud, you know, people, you know, and we, we want things to be, you know, just right. But oftentimes in tech, it's going to be dirty. It's going to be ugly. It's going to be broken. It's going to be buggy. Um, we're not going to be perfect. So within my community, I've gotten a lot of whys. Why? Why couldn't it be this? Or why? So out of the grass is greener kind of stuff. <laughs> like, well, they have this and they have that. And, and comparing. And I'm like, we're in the beginning of this. You weren't there in the beginning of Bitcoin when you had to download a wallet, a hardware wallet to your computer and take all day to sync 
to the to the blockchain. You were not there during that time. So you don't know that some of these same problems existed there. So you have to be gentle about it. But um, again, yeah, we have we have people that and a lot of them have come around. I'm, I'm, I'll say that now. I'm not dealing with the same that I've dealt with before. But initially it was very, very hard because it was like, why would you want to do such a thing? You know, and even still, some people are like, well, why can't we just use Bitcoin? And people will be very aggressive about, about it. I've been in tears at some times. But, you know, I understand we come from a culture um, and we still are dealing with some of the traumas in this country that we deal with. And those traumas are deeper and, and um, a lot of the traumas are not as visible as, as the whole entire world will see. They're deeper within our community that we are working on by building ourselves and b- empowering ourselves and building value. So I understand it, you know, and I get blasted sometimes on different trolls and stuff like that. But, you know, I understand it. After a while, after a while, I just got to love them and keep moving. You know, if you're on social media at all, you see all the trolls out there and you see the comments. And if you're going to put yourself in the limelight in any way, create a product, anything, you you almost have to be expecting some of that yeah. coming your way. You know, yeah. it'd be a miracle if you didn't get any of that. Yeah. 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 All right. And I've got one more tweet I want to call out. This is from February 10th of this year. You tweeted, I think a virtual family crypto camp is a dope idea. I would love to do one. Yeah. Tell me more about that. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm all about just, you know, camps and teaching and, and stuff like that and all of that. And I wish I had more time to just focus on individual, those things on an individual level. That's what my passion is. My passion is in working with groups, working with children, you know, teaching them. I've done some STEM events and stuff like that where I work with the kids and show them how to do a wallet and stuff like that. That's my passion. I would love to do it. And I put things out there sometimes because I'm hoping that people will organize and invite me, you know what I mean, to, to do it because that's what I don't have a lot of time to do no more. I don't have a lot of time to organize things, but I tell people, you organize it and my calendar is free. I'm there. I'll show up, you know what I mean? And do what I need to do to support it. Cause that's the stuff that I love, the actual people type, you know, things. And even the virtual, I mean, we can do some virtual camps and we can take advantage of all of the wonderful virtual tools out there now to get together and even work with the kids that think would be awesome. That's awesome. Well, I, I don't have a huge Twitter following, but I'll blast something out there and maybe it'll get some traction. But I, I think it's such important work too. I mean, the, you're shaping the future of our world, you know, by helping these kids learn about the future. So I, I think it's super important work and love that you love doing that. All right. Well, thanks so much, Savonia, for being here. I really enjoyed our conversation, learned so much about you. And I think what you're doing is awesome. And I hope you keep it up. And I I hope to see more and more people joining the community. Maybe we'll see other uh, cryptocurrencies come up too that are culture-based and community-based. I'm looking forward to that very much. Before you go, just tell people where they can find you if they want to connect with you personally and chat with you more. And then um, once again, just remind people where they can go and learn more about GuapCoin and then buy some Guap as well. Well, you can find me on, of course, on uh, Twitter, Crypto Diva, Instagram, Crypto Diva. That's two E's, Diva. Um, GuapCoin, you can find us on GuapCoin on all social media platforms. You'll find us on Telegram. Guapcoin.org is the official website. The foundation um, is uh, the Guapcoin Foundation as well. You can find the the foundation and talk to some other cool foundation members like myself. You can uh, find Guapcoin on Probit, hopefully other places um, very soon. But joining the community, the Telegram is very, very, very important. Um, but you can find me all over. People come to my inbox all the time. If I catch you and I'll answer. You'd also find me as Aquarius Maximus on Instagram, which I do a lot of my crypto there too and other stuff that I do. So a lot of people find me through Aquarius Maximus. You can also find me on Clubhouse. Um, um, I may pop up and do a session. I try to do pop-up sessions Saturday mornings, 9 a.m.-ish, 10 a.m.-ish where um, I can teach everything I know, just downloads of my brain in crypto and um, help people navigate the space. That's amazing. Free knowledge for everybody. 
Well, thank you so much, Savonio. I'll include all that in the show notes so it's easy for people to click through. Thanks so much for taking the time to be here. I know you're super busy. Thank you, listeners, for tuning in. And we'll be back again soon with another episode of The Unstoppable Podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode of The Unstoppable Podcast. If something we said today resonated with you, please rate, subscribe, and download our podcast and share this episode on social media with your network. And remember, the fun doesn't have to stop when the episode ends. You can continue this conversation with us on Twitter by tweeting your questions, thoughts, and ideas to Unstoppable Web. We look forward to chatting with you and thanks again for listening.